This podcast is brought to you by Medical Plastic News, the leading voice in polymer innovation for the medical device sector. To read more and to subscribe, visit medicalplasticnews.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the MedTalk podcast, where we discuss the latest news and issues in life sciences. I'm Olivia Freyett, the editor of Medical Plastics News, and today we are joined by David Gray, Head of Content for the British Plastics and Rubber magazine and Interplast Insights. We'll be discussing the Interplast Expo and what the medical industry can look forward to at the show. So Dave, with Interplast only a few months away, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, well, I think the the fact that it's the seventy fifth anniversary of the show is is really exciting. Um, we've had lots of conversations with exhibitors and visitors already, and I think there's there's starting to get a real buzz around the show now. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a really big year. Um, we've got lots to celebrate, and we're doing that with lots of different um, activities. So, yeah, I think that will be uh, super exciting. Okay, so you've talked about celebrating the seventy fifth anniversary. You're announcing the 75 most influential people in the industry. Mm-hmm. And do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, we, we thought about what we could do to mark 75 years of Interplast. And um, I think the thing that defines this industry is, is the individuals that work within it. Um, so we, we kind of talked about that and how we could, uh, how we could tie the two ideas together. Um, so we, we, we've put it out to... The industry itself. Um, we, we designed a stu- survey last year, um, which we sent out to all of our various communities in the plastic space, um, and we've asked them to nominate seventy-five individuals who um, they feel have been most influential. Uh, could be living or deceased, um, but it's got to be somebody who has uh, made an outstanding contribution to the sector. So whether that's um, through developing a certain processing technology or discovering a particular material or a, an application design. Um, it, it could be anything, but it has to be somebody who's really championed the use of plastics. Um, so other than your 75 most influential people, what else is new this year? Um, so we're launching the Interplast Insights Conference, uh, which is really, really exciting. Um, so we've got, I think, a really diverse lineup of of sessions and and we've played about with the format as well so in previous conferences um it's kind of been a fairly standard uh format with um you know kind of half hour presentations or hour long presentations um what we're doing this time is we're having kind of a mix of shorter snappier presentations throughout the day all clustered around various themes so we have um diversity, sustainability, uh, recycling, reshoring, contract manufacturing, um, and various other themes. Medical, um, of course, is one of the biggest areas. Um, And on each day we'll be culminating with um, an interactive session. So uh, that's a chance to get multiple speakers up on the stage from various different walks of life within the industry um, and kind of host some panel debates so uh, one of the things that we'll be talking about is which I think is particularly pertinent to to medical is is contract manufacturing 
um, and how uh, challenges, supply chain challenges of recent years have, have impacted contract manufacturers for better or worse, whether that's been an element of reshoring or whether um, material challenges have, have slowed things down. Um, so th- that's, that's something that I think will be quite interesting and we hope to get lots of audience engagement with that as well. Okay, so you just mentioned diversity. Could you tell us a bit about diversity in plastics? Yeah, absolutely. So diversity in plastics is a um, kind of a, it's not really a new initiative, it's kind of a development of the Women in Plastics uh, brand that some listeners might be familiar with. Um, it's the kind of the natural evolution of that really. So uh, what we, we sat down with uh, the kind of start of last year and thought, what, what are we going to do with the Women in Plastics brand and, and, and what's next? What's the next kind of challenge and as we were talking about it it kind of occurred to us that actually um, the priority for the plastics industry and and I think engineering in general including medical engineering um, is is really um, on skills and recruitment right and there's there's a huge um, skills gap in engineering in this country as, as I'm sure listeners will be aware and one of the um, ways we believe that you can start to close that skills gap is by um, kind of looking at your approach to recruitment, uh, in particular uh, diversity within the workplace. So that's not just diversity of gender, but um, particularly important is diversity of age because uh, there are, it's no secret that in the plastic sector, um, the skilled workforce is is, is aging out of employment um, so uh, and unfortunately there there's not the the uh, necessary amount of young talent coming into the industry to, to fill those roles so um, diversity of age is, is super important um, but of course also gender race religion and ethnicity um, all of, all of the protected characteristics have a, have a part to play and uh, historically the plastics industry hasn't been the most diverse. We're also interested in, in what roles people are filling um, from, from within those protected characteristics. Um, so what, what we decided to do was, was launch the um, Diversity in Plastics brand and uh, begin work on a survey of the plastics community where we're trying to understand what the current state of play is um, in terms of diverse workplaces, whether people have a DE&I strategy in place or whether they plan to have one in place, do they have a dedicated team in-house. All of these things are, um, we think, what the industry, what all industries need to be looking at, really. Um, and it, it will help to um, close that skills gap, we believe. So we're doing the survey now. Um, and then we hope to be able to present the results of uh, of the survey at Interplas in September. After 75 successful years of Interplas, why do you think the plastics in- industry has always been so important? I mean, plastic remains to this day the material of the future, right? So all, all of the applications that, um, uh, and, and this is particularly important in medical, all, all of the applications that are under development under the, at the moment are really made possible by plastic. There is no other material that has the versatility um, of polymer. So when you think about 
um, what we've just been through with coronavirus and, and you think about things like ventilators, you think about um, drug delivery for your vaccine, um, uh, all of those things would not have been uh, possible, even things like um, uh, shields for, for in places of work, you know, for people to be able to carry on going to work. Without those things in place, um, cheaply and quickly, you know, that you, you cannot make anything um, as quickly as you can with plastic um, in terms of mass production. So I think that's that's why it is such an important area, um, or such an important industry, sorry. Um, and the future continues to be strong um, for plastic. Unfortunately, it does have a image problem at the moment, um, which is, is really tied in with, uh, it's, it's less about a problem with the material and more about the problem with our, our recycling infrastructure and our behaviour as people as well and, and what we, the way that we value the product. You know, I think um, if we were talking about gold, people wouldn't uh, think twice about making sure that they look after it and they protect it. but. Um, unfortunately plastic is seen as, as cheap and disposable and, and therefore people treat it that way and that is 50% um, of the problem, the other 50% is the infrastructure um, there are modern recycling technologies coming online all the time unfortunately they're very difficult to um, get approved for, for uh, use and scale up so we're stuck with quite a, an old fashioned uh, archaic recycling infrastructure but that's changing um, and I, I think that will help with the longevity of the industry but you know plastic is not going anywhere it is a, a vital part of our everyday lives so I think that's really important. So what can we expect to see at Interpart specific to the medical industry? So you've got some brilliant contract models on the show floor um, so, so more contract molders than we've ever had before at Interplast since it's been under Rappanews's ownership um, certainly in, in the history of the time I've been going to the show um, and that is super important because um, as you know the medical industry has a really burgeoning startup scene um, with new devices, new ideas for devices being developed all the time and that's where your contract moulders come in because they don't just provide a manufacturing service, they, they usually provide um, design expertise, the material selection, um, support with your tooling. If they if they can't make tooling for you, they'll recommend tool makers. The UK has a brilliant, brilliant contract manufacturing scene, um, and and they're really really keen. Those who specialise in medical, I'm not mentioning any names, but um, there are some brilliant uh, uh, companies SMEs in the UK who are really really highly skilled in the medical sector they understand the regulation they understand what's needed for material choice they understand the processing challenges so if you're coming to the show um, with a, a design idea for a, a new medical device you will find your manufacturing partner at Interplast I'm sure of it um, on the other hand if you're a, a major brand owner in the medical space um, already manufacturing medical devices at scale you still need to keep on top of your uh, your material knowledge. So we have um, pretty much, I think, all of the major chemical companies represented via their UK distributors 
at the show floor and that's really really important because those distributors have in-house medical teams um, who are dedicated to this marketplace and they again will be able to guide you through a what the latest materials are and b how they help you meet your regulatory challenges so i think that's really important uh, and finally um, as we've just been discussing in our meeting before this podcast we will be having a dedicated medical panel session on the Interplast Insights stage. Um, so that will be a great place. Details yet to be confirmed on um, the exact topic, but I think there's a good chance that we will be looking at um, MDR in some capacity. So again, really, really useful for anyone interested in medical to come to Interplast this year. Amazing. Thank you very much for joining us, Steve. Thanks, Liz.